it's Denise here. And before we get started on today's episode, I want to share my new workbook for you to help you hit your money goals for the second half of the year. Now, we're fast approaching the midpoint of the year. Oh my God, time is flying. So it really is the perfect time to pause and reset your money goals. So head over to denisedt.com slash reset and you can download my free mid-year workbook. It's really going to help you to review and get excited about where you are and get you really supercharged for where we're going for the rest of the year. And this is really important if you're kind of feeling a bit of a slump or you're not sure about where to go to next. Just download your reset workbook today and it's going to help you feel way more empowered and positive about still hitting your goals to celebrate and reflect where you've come from to help you release any mistakes or missed opportunities and to set really inspiring targets for the rest of the year. Plus, there's an opportunity to work with me as your money mindset mentor and I have a really special mid-year offer as well. So the link for that free workbook is denisedt.com slash reset. All right, enjoy. I know we've got so much to look forward to for the rest of the year. So let's get on with today's episode. Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey there, beautiful friend. It's Denise Duffield Thomas here, and you're listening to Chill and Prosper, if you didn't get that already from my little jingle. Um, Today, we're talking about what to do when you feel like a fraud, when you have imposter syndrome come up, and how I deal with those feelings. Now, the first thing to say is I don't, I've never met anybody who doesn't have at least some of this some of the time. But the icky thing about imposter syndrome is that it feels so lonely and it feels so real. And we're often, we often tell ourselves that nobody else feels this way. Everyone else is really confident or everyone else knows what they're doing. And I just don't think that's the case. I've been in some masterminds with some incredibly successful people and it's just something that we all share, you know, and I used to worry about telling people that because sometimes if you'll say to people, oh, I've got imposter syndrome, they go, no, you don't. You're so confident. Don't be so hard on yourself. And it's it's just a fact of life and a fact of business. And some people will think that the more money you make, then you shouldn't have imposter syndrome anymore, but it's not the case. Now, I actually learned this pretty early on in my career, and I think it's really helped me. And that's why I keep on saying it and keep on telling people. But um, I was at an event with Ali Brown in Vegas, and we were getting ready for the dinner. It was like a dinner party. And I got in the lift, and she was in the lift. And I went, oh, my God, I'm going to ask her a question. And I said, oh, Ali, um, when does the fear go away? It's such a naive question. I can't believe I asked it. But so many people have asked me that question since. And so I'm so thrilled to be able to share this wisdom of what she said to me because it really changed my business. She said, never. And I was like, no, I mean, like what income level? Because <laughs> I really thought there were, you get to a, a certain income level. I don't know. You, you graduate. You get vaccinated against fear. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, no, no, I mean like what income level do you get to where the fear goes away? And she's like, never. 
never. I still get scared. I still have imposter syndrome and I still feel that all the time. And so I think I just went into the start of my business just going, oh, okay, well, it's going to be scary and I'm going to feel like a fraud. So I may as well just do it anyway. And I thought, I'll just pretend that um, that, that doesn't bother me and I'll just do it. And so I've ever since that conference, I've done a newsletter every week. I've shown up on social media. I've shown up on video. I've uh, written and published several books. And I've made over $25 million probably since meeting Ali. And I still have it. And I just don't think there's a point where it really, truly goes away. And if you still don't believe me, Google famous people with imposter syndrome and you'll see quotes from like Meryl Streep and Sarah Blakely and, you know, all these very successful people who still feel (laughs) that feeling. So I understand and I've got some tips for you on what to do when you have it. And I'm not even going to say how to clear it, how to beat it, because it's just not, (laughs) it's just not true, right? So... The first thing is when it comes to showing up on social media, sharing what you know, especially if you have like a coaching business like me or an information business or you're helping people in some way, is something that helps me is just to teach what I know I know and to go really simple in that because I don't know how to make, you know, $20 million in a year. But I know how to make six figures in a year. I know how to make a million dollars in a year. I know how to make $5 million in a year. And so even at the start of my business, I was like, look, I might not be, I might not have reached my full level of potential yet, but there's a couple of things that I know how to do. And so I focused on teaching those and not feeling like I was um, like being an imposter, you know? And so sometimes we discount what we know because we think everyone has seen it already or it's too obvious and (laughs) hate to tell you but I still feel like that and so that's never going to go away either every now and again I think oh everyone knows about money mindset everyone knows about money blocks why am I still teaching this because you know the market's so saturated everyone's talking about it and everyone knows what it is and then we'll get people joining money boot camp and they'll go oh I've done money mindset work for years but I've found all these new nuances Or they'll go, oh, I've never heard about emotional freedom technique before. This is amazing. And then I'm reminded that not everyone knows what I know and that I'm so passionate about people learning this information that I'm going to keep on going, even if I think that everyone has seen it. There's always someone it's, it's completely new to. So think about some of the things that you could help people with or create or make or teach that someone might not know. They might not know. So a great example of this is one of my early mentors, Fabienne Fredrickson, who is just one of the most amazing people ever. And one of her first businesses was teaching people how to roast a chicken. And I mean, her, her dad's French. She like, she knew how to cook. She loved cooking, even in a small apartment in New York. And people would just say, but how do I cook a chicken? She's like, you put a chicken in the oven and they were like, no, 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 but like, what's the next step? What's the first step? And then what do I do? And then what do I do? And sometimes we skip steps because we think, well, everyone knows how to pat down a chicken or season a chicken before they put it in the oven. They might not know how to do that. It might be so obvious to you. Um, 
because, I don't know, because of your background or your industry or the family you grew up in or you just were lucky to be able to know those things. And I actually find these days there's a real market for breaking things down into real basics and not assuming that people will know how to do things. And I'll give you an example of that. I see threads on Twitter sometimes that says, hey, look, if you've never been taught how to like have personal hygiene before, I'm going to show you how to do it. And it's really kind to be able to say to people, look, this is what you do. You get this product and you get this product and then you squeeze it on here and then you rinse it. And like up until I was, I don't know, like literally 40, I didn't know like to shampoo your hair, you shampooed your hair twice. I didn't know no one had ever taught me to do that, right? And there's things like that that you might know how to do that someone else doesn't. And that really helps if you consider yourself a contributor and you're just being helpful. Because then if someone says to you, well, that's shit and that's obvious and everyone knows how to do that, you can say, well, not everyone does. And I think that really helps with that feeling of being an imposter because you're not trying to be anything that you're not. You're just showing up and helping people. So that that really helps. Um, then the other thing to do as well is, as I said, the, being that contributor not expecting that you have to be the expert on anything, I think is is super important. Um, the other thing about imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud is it often comes from a place of perfectionism. I am a Virgo. I've got something like six or seven planets in Virgo, I can't remember. And I know all about perfectionism. I'm so hard on myself. And so a lot of the time, my fraud feeling and imposter syndrome comes from that place of, yeah, I did that, but it's not good enough, so it doesn't count. I feel, this is my confession, is I sometimes really struggle with calling myself a writer because I feel like I really chanced my way, my way into the publishing industry. And I self-published my books, uh, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, and Lucky Bitch. And then um, Hay House approached me and it wasn't wasn't the right time. So two years later, I approached them and said, look, my, my list is bigger, my platform's bigger, I'd love to write a book and, and then you can take on the publishing of my other books. And so I got a three-book deal with Hay House. But because of them were already published, even though you know we did a, a reprint and new f- uh, covers and all that kind of stuff, there's still a part of me that's like, but that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Three books with Hay House. That doesn't count. You're such a weirdo. And then I'm like, but self-help and business books are so easy to write. And they're not. They're absolutely not easy to write. But compared to some other genres, they I feel like they're easy because I've been trying other genres and they're so hard. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, personal development doesn't count. And I'm not a real writer because I just, I don't know, tricked, tricked Hay House into giving me a three-book deal. I don't know. It's so weird. But that's the thing, right? You might have that perfectionism of going, well, it wasn't good enough, so it doesn't count. It's not good enough, so it doesn't count. And um, that is just so weird that we do that, right? It's so weird. So sometimes we have to give ourselves more credit for things and we have to um, celebrate ourselves and not just go, nope, that's not enough, not good enough, not big enough, doesn't count. Yeah. And move on. All right, I've got some more tips for you after the break. I'll be back in just one minute. Bye. Hey there, this is Megan Moran from the Mompreneur Guide in Cleveland, Ohio. Denise, I cannot thank you enough for all that you are doing for us fellow entrepreneurs. 
From Get Rich Lucky Bitch to Chillpreneur to joining your Sacred Money Archetypes program, I have learned so much on how to be a mom entrepreneur with a little bit more ease. In your books, I've learned that you don't have to overcomplicate things. You can make marketing simple and you can make it in a way that's right for you. From marketing your business by sharing what you do and making an offer to living a keyless lifestyle and not having too much friction in what you do. Pairing that with sacred money archetypes by figuring out who I am down to the core and using that to guide the activities and the way that I'm serving people in my business has transformed my life. Denise, again, I cannot thank you enough for all the work that you're doing. And I can't wait to see what else you come up with in the future, because I know for sure I'm going to be consuming it like no other. Thank you again for all that you do. Okay, welcome back. So everyone feels like a fraud. So what are we going to do about it? There's a couple of things that I think have been really helpful for me. And one is just that mindset that um, what scares you today won't scare you tomorrow. Okay, and that's just you will get mastery over some things. When I started doing podcast interviews for other people's podcasts, I would be awake all night stressing about it and just thinking, what am I going to say? Oh, my God, what if I don't like my what if my alarm doesn't go off? Like it would it would really, really stress me out. Same with things like webinars and stuff like that. And then um, the repetition of it meant that it doesn't scare me at all. So sometimes I'll wake up and I'll go, oh, okay, I've got three podcasts today. Makeup, no makeup. Okay, cool. And I don't even think about it because I'm just so used to doing it. So that affirmation's really helped me. What scares you today won't scare you tomorrow. Some things will just be really, really easy. The other thing though is it's okay to do things that are in your comfort zone. So I love podcast interviews now. Love it, love it, love it. I could do them all day long. And, you know, usually I do about three a week, but I actually don't love a lot of live speaking. And yes, I could get over it. Yes, I could do mindset work around it. Um, but actually, I don't enjoy it as much. So for me, um, it's not something that I'll seek out and and I'll say no to most most of the things. And I actually have a rule that I don't do any speaking in my town at all. So it's okay to both be be a little bit scared of something and that's just okay. You don't have to put it as part of your business. Like why put yourself into a, into more spaces where you feel imposter syndrome and feel like a fraud? And for me, that's public speaking. And I don't know if it's because I'm an introvert and I don't really enjoy it or it's because I feel like a fraud, but basically I can just easily not do those things in my business. It's okay for you to design your business in ways that that suit you. The other part of it, though, is that you could do small and low stakes and build yourself up. So, you know, it could be that you only go on podcasts of people that you know to start off with, and then you get bigger and bigger and, and more scary or more, I don't know, more visible podcasts. And actually, that's for me for speaking. I'm so happy to go and speak at events where I know the people. Um, I actually like putting on my own events because everyone in that room knows me. I don't have to win anyone over. So start with what feels good to you and then work your way up and until you just stop and go, okay, well, I don't like doing this. I like doing that. And that totally helps with the imposter syndrome because anywhere that you can feel in flow, you can feel confident, can really help. Something that helps with me around this feeling fraud thing is kind of like the acting as if, fake it till you make it. And part of that is hair, makeup and costuming. (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds so funny. Um, when I do events, I'll get my hair and makeup done professionally. I don't need to. Like, no one's going to be judging me. But for me, it's part of the preparation and the process of it. It makes me feel more confident. But it also, it's the preparation of putting putting it on like a performance. That really helps me. So figure out what would help you feel less like a fraud in whatever area it is. It could be, you know, hair and makeup for you. It could be that you get a blow dry. Like I get a weekly blow dry and that really helped me in the early days to do my videos. Not because, again, I needed to. Like look at my hair now. But it just gave me that extra little thing and I didn't want to waste the blow dry. So I was like, I'll do the videos. Um the other thing that helps is batching too, like batching podcast episodes, batching videos, batching batching content, batching social media content. And when you do it, when you're feeling good, like and you're feeling confident and you schedule it out, great. Then you don't have to think about it. And I actually never watch back my videos, never listen to my podcasts ever. Um, I do my bit and then it goes to my team. They edit, they put it all up and I never think about it again. And I think if I did all those processes myself, I would start to second guess it a little bit and be like, oh, I don't really like how I looked there or I didn't like that sound. It wasn't perfect. And so for me, just having that process really, really helps. And that's not just because it's like, oh, Denise, you're so fancy though in your fancy, um, you know, podcast studio. I actually started doing this really, really early on. I had just a really part-time assistant who helped me um, with my video content and I just would literally record my video, chuck it in the Dropbox, and she would top and tail it. She would put on the blog. So, you know, she only worked with me a couple of hours a week, but it still helped because, again, I didn't have time to second guess myself. I didn't have time to be a perfectionist about it. And I just would have not put it up. I would have been like, everyone's seen this. No, it's shit. No, I don't want to do it. And so sometimes taking yourself out of the process so you don't chicken out is really, really good. And similarly with launches, I find that having a launch manager, having emails written ahead of time is so useful because it's scheduled. It's scheduled and it's done. Whereas I used to kind of like the last day of launch go, oh no, this is all shit. No one wants to join. No, don't send out those emails. No, don't bother people. No, turn off the ads. And so having that extra layer of, of help and just it's not up to you, I think is really, really helpful. So hire a team to help you. Hire a um, team to be gatekeepers for you as well. If you're worried about showing up online because you're worried about trolls or haters um, or people criticizing you or you're just worried about more people contacting you, um, having a gatekeeper can really, really help with that. And a gate by gate- gatekeeper, I mean maybe an assistant who reads your emails or a separate customer service inbox or someone to go through your social media DMs before you see them. All of those things kind of really help. Don't read the reviews. Don't read the reviews. I have um, three books on Amazon, more if you count all the different editions, and I do not read the reviews because it's not that I don't care. I really do care. It's just that if I started reading them, it would just plant seeds in my mind. I'd start to like second guess stuff. I'd start to feel guilty about things I didn't put in or that people didn't, things that people didn't like. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, as I said, I already have enough imposter syndrome about re- being a writer. I don't need to seek it out. I also think to the 
good reviews, I don't read those either. When I say never, probably once a year. So please, absolutely please, if you've read one of my books, please write a review. It's really helpful. It helps people find the books. Um, It's just one of those algorithm things that people need, but I will never read it. So you can be really honest. You do not have to give me a five-star review if I do not deserve it. I will literally never read it. And it's it's just because I just need to shield myself from the opinions of other people, good and bad. I want, I, oh God, it's enough work to like yourself. <laughs> it's enough work to deal with your own mindset issues. You don't need to be at the mercy of other people's whims. Because the bigger your audience gets, the more diverse their opinions, right? And so some people will love you, some people won't. Some people will want to criticize things that are really unfair, and that sucks. But it will trigger imposter syndrome. It will not make you feel good. So I never read the reviews. Um, I also, similarly, we ask for testimonials all the time, and I don't read them either. Because I don't want to be like, they love me, they hate me, they love me, they hate me. I'm, Yeah, it's interesting. I don't do that. Uh, what else? I've got repetition, start small, fake it till you make it, uh, batch stuff up, hire a team to help you, don't read the reviews. Okay, a couple other things. Um, remember that book, Susan Jeffers? Feel the fear and do it anyway. What I find is that when I just get over myself and just do it, do the thing, people believe you. No one's, like, it's so rare that people are like, you're a freak, you're a fake, you're a phony. Um, it's Greece. You're fake and a phony. I wish I'd never laid eyes on you. Um, it's so rare that people will ever say anything to you like that. They just believe you. They'll be just like, oh, thanks for your blog, blogcast. Thanks for your podcast. Thanks for your article. That's really helpful. Thank you. Most people will be like that. And so it's only going on in your own head. Most people will just be like, oh, you're a writer. Oh, that's cool. Like people believe me. <laughs> Because I do tell people I'm a writer. I just have to work on the imposter syndrome behind it. But people are like, oh, you're a writer. And I go, yes, I'm a writer. I've got books and everything and bookshops to prove it. Um, They'll just believe you. It's the most fascinating thing. Even from like um, if you want to buy a house and you're scared to go see a broker. Go see a broker and say, I'm thinking about buying a house. They'll believe you. And then you'll start to believe it yourself. So that's why the fake it till you make it is often so important because it is just, you're not pretending, you're not fooling anybody. You're just putting yourself in that situation that then your belief will grow because people will believe you. Then they'll start to buy from you and then you'll just continue on. And remember I said, what scares you today won't scare you tomorrow. The bad news is there's always something new to be scared of if you're growing. (laughs) Always something new to be scared of. But that's okay because you'll realize again that everyone has fear and imposter syndrome. You're not special for having it, but also it means that you can just do whatever you want because no one's really watching. No one's really paying attention and they'll believe you. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. All right. I've got one more final thought for you. Uh, And it's an affirmation I've been using since I was about 15 years old. And I'll tell you that right after this break. Hello, lovely bees. This is Deborah Heim. I am a certified alternative hair fitter, boutique owner, and now author located in Western Pennsylvania. I joined boot camp this past January after listening to Denise's books for two years. I hesitated to join because I figured I had already learned everything I would learn by listening over and over, and I had no idea of how my life would change and how quickly it would happen. 
When you join boot camp, you join an incredible network of beautiful, inspiring bees that will help guide you through the manifesting formula steps, decluttering, forgiving, upgrading, etc. I had read it over and over, but doing it with accountability is when the magic starts. The community is there 24-7 for feedback and inspiration. My favorite tool that I learned is EFT tapping, which I had heard of but never tried until boot camp. And if you have anxiety like me, it is a game changer. Because of boot camp, I am currently working on an audio version of my first book and busy writing my second. My life is joy-filled, abundant, and I could go on and on, but you know what? Don't take my word for it. Why not jump in and see for yourself? The little changes you will make along the way will amaze you. Hey, and welcome back to The Final Thought. So this is an affirmation I started using as a teenager. Um, As a teen, oh my God, I had so much anxiety around everything. And I remember if I was like, standing in the queue to order at McDonald's, I'd, I'd be repeating it in my head, okay, uh, you know, like a Big Mac and fries because I was so nervous about speaking and just, I don't know, I just had a lot, a lot of anxiety. And so um, I I don't know where I heard this, but it was it's, it's so clunky as an affirmation, but it was fear gives you the energy to do your best in a new situation. Fear gives you the energy to do your best in a new situation. See, it's it's not it's not very snappy, but it, it was a lifeline for me to hold on to because every time I feel, felt fear, um, I just reminded myself, oh, my heart's beating because this is giving me energy and it's given me awareness to do my best in this new situation and it gave me compassion for myself to be able to do it. Now, these days, I prefer using things like EFT, And doing affirmations like, um, you know, even though I have this fear, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though I have anxiety, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So that helps me a lot these days whenever I feel scared or, yeah, feel like an imposter. So hopefully that helps you. Um, Fear gives you the energy to do your best in a new situation. Yeah, so sometimes you just have to just go forth and do it, do it anyway, because look at what's on the other side. You can help so many people. You can create so much abundance for yourself and your family and your community, and the ripple effects of that are are huge. So don't let imposter syndrome and fear hold you back from doing anything because everyone has it. All right. (laughs) Remember, it's your time and you're ready for the next step, and I'll see you on next week's episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.